Time, kids, once again for Snap Tackle Pod. I am Mick Schaefer of 41 Action News, joined by Juan Dion Clisso of PrepsKC.com. What's going on? You have your phone in your holster <laughs> by your side, right, at all times here? Yes, as we record this Wednesday afternoon, uh, if you haven't noticed, there's a talk of some weather on Friday, and so a lot of games are getting moved up. And the trend early on that we've seen are homecoming games because Nobody wants the pretty girls in their dresses to be yep. standing out in lightning and thunderstorms. Listen, or the pretty boys out or there. The pretty okay. boys. We don't, uh, so we've got a lot of games. Not a lot. We're under 10 right now on the Missouri side that have been moved to Thursday. But uh, it's like a snow day, though, dude. Just hang around. They'll they'll start to go. And, and once this one school district yeah. goes, the other one goes. I know that Blue Springs, Blue Springs South has moved up to five on Friday. And uh, from what I'm understanding in my insight <laughs> into both coaching staffs, okay. that maybe they're not very happy about that. <laughs> Neither is happy on, about that. They'd rather play on Thursday and just yeah. kind of go through a normal day. And, yeah. And and here's the thing with a, fi- a Friday five o'clock start, um, you, you don't you lose a certain segment of your people that are coming to the game because mm-hmm. it's five o'clock. People don't get home until five thirty six. Still probably going to catch some of the weather. And you're still going to catch some of the weather. And then there's people who maybe can go at five o'clock who say. Well, I'm not getting out there and then have it roll in and have to run to my car and drive home in it and all that kind of stuff. So they'll just sit at home. So, you know, not that high school football is about the gate, but a lot of it's about the atmosphere. And playing a game with hardly anybody there is not not fun. I've been to a few games that were moved early or like on a Thursday or something like that. They were played in the afternoon. And you go and it's just – and there's nobody there and it just has a really – Really stale feel mm-hmm. to it, and and that's what's kind of funny because a couple weeks ago we had the weather moving on Thursday night, and I know um, Shawnee Mission East and Lawrence were playing, and and Harold Walmsgans who I do my radio show with, he went out and watched that three o'clock game because it's right by his office, mm-hmm. and then he went on to it, and he said it was, he goes, you could hear the players, you could hear the plays being called. I mean, it was like <laughs> there was nobody there, and and you know, I, you know, high school football, any kind of sporting event, the atmosphere is as much as part of what's going on. You're right, and. Um so we'll see. I, I've got uh, big tailgate plans for the Mill Valley uh, St. Thomas Aquinas game. They hey, can't they, get interrupted on if Friday. If they move enough games, I may come over and tailgate and go to the come, game with come you. Come on if over, they get, yeah. If they get a, down to about five games, I'll, I'll just cruise over to Mill Valley on <laughs> so Friday night. how many games that roughly so far that you've seen have been it's moved to seven. Thursday night? It's about seven right now, and there was already two games on the Kansas side on Thursday night. Um, so we'll see. Uh, like I said, the, some of the smaller schools, it's it's tougher, and they'll stick there. And, and you know, But in the Suburban Conference, you've already got – uh, Staley and um, Lee Summit North. All the Lee Summit schools are out playing on mm-hmm. Thursday night. Um, Fort Osage, North Kansas City, Grain Valley, Winnetonka, uh, Van Horn, who was you know an independent school. So and, and Truman and Christman. So all the independent schools are playing on Thursday night. So it, you know the the Kansas City Missouri schools start at six o'clock. So they're already an hour before everybody anyway. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I haven't. I, I I'm sorry, Gary. I haven't looked at the. I, well, I literally. I literally not trying to brag, but. <laughs> Last night I worked until about eleven thirty, so I did not watch any of the in the news to get any weather, and I haven't. I've just kind of been going nonstop for the I, last twenty four hours. I worked like. until eleven thirty, and I was on the news, and I still don't remember. <laughs> but there, here, look, look right now we're taping this. It's it's only Wednesday, and there's yes. always new data. I've learned there's always new data. There's probably going to be new in. data that comes in three or four times while we're recording this. I would yeah, probably so. So hopefully, uh, just push that uh, rain back a couple hours. You yeah, know, well, the storms back a couple hours. Um, and check Crips KC. It, we'll, we always have a running list of these things, and and I tweeted out when the first one, when Liberty and Lee Summit North moved back this morning. I tweeted out 
Well, I thought we could go Broke. one week here. You know, one week, you know, one one whole year without you know, because you get at the end of September, you're feeling yeah. feeling kind of cocky, like yeah. we're going to skate out of here without yeah. any weather, but didn't make it. Uh, didn't make it, and like you said, once once one goes, you kind of break the seal, right? And the yeah. herd herd follows. Yeah, it's a snow day mentality. There's there's yeah. no doubt. And a lot of times they don't get the snow days right. A lot of times no. you wake up, it's like sunny and <laughs> there's nothing on the I ground. Know. Uh, you the know, kids the, are staying at home. The storm thing is a is a is a tough deal because. You get out there and you delay a game and you're in and out and you know mm-hmm. it's like 30 minutes every time the lightning yep. is so close and and it just it doesn't it doesn't breed for a good fan experience it doesn't breed for and plus you you got people sitting on metal bleachers and you shuttle them into your gym and yep. yeah you know it's a whole it's a whole deal now that being said moving homecoming from Friday to Thursday uh, after talking with Tom Cruise is obviously not as easy as you think either oh, he was on the, he was supposed to do an interview with me before I came here at like 11:30. And he didn't get he didn't get tested about one thirty. He said it took him two hours to yeah. just kind of get the the bolt the nuts and bolts done of moving a game to a day earlier. So have you found that more coaches would rather just move it back to Thursday than move it up in the I, day on Friday? I think so. Uh, they, I, they they're creatures of habit, and and some of them have played. You know, here's the deal. So depending on where you play, you've played a a C game on a Thursday or something like that. But the the seven o'clock time, the the mm-hmm. team meal, all those things are the same. I I know that even talking to coaches. On the Fridays when they don't have school, they hate that yeah. because the kids aren't in their routine and and things change. And, and so I think if you just move it up a day, and heck, for some of the teams in the Kansas side, playing Thursday is not that big a deal. You know, Shawnee Mission and Blue Valley and Olathe because it's, it's a regular thing. It's something you, schedule, you do yeah. at least once or twice yeah. a year. So, and and some of the you know there, there's some games here or there that get moved. And um, so yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. And like I said, you check prepskc.com because that will be an ever-changing list, I'm yeah. sure. Before we get to the uh, big games this week, let's talk about some of the, the big games last week. Um, I was at two of the ones you mentioned. It's funny, Friday <laughs> night I was there as a fan of Mill Valley and Bishop Yeage, and then uh, Saturday I went out and covered uh, some of the Center and Van Horn action out there. And in both those games, the first chunks of them, I thought, okay, this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, And in both cases... Teams came back and made for great games. Yeah, you were texting me that was going. The valley was turned upside, it was turned down. upside I think, down. I think, I think it was, was the text I yeah. got Friday night. And I, to be honest with you, I'm following about sixty games on Friday night, and when that one kind of rolled through, and I was like, "What? That's that's doing what?" And yeah, because it was thirty-five to ten late you know, in the third it, quarter. To give you an idea what what I do on Friday, depend on my my staff, <laughs> my staffing size of the Friday night. Sometimes I'm just kind of managing and kind of mm-hmm. keeping an eye on all the games. So sometimes you're not paying attention. Sometimes I'm watching the Kansas games or I'm watching the Missouri games. And last week I was kind of uh, managing, for lack of a better word. And when Mill Valley got down, was it thirty-five ten? Thirty-five to ten. Thirty-five and it to was, 10, uh, and Mid to late third quarter, down yeah. that much. Yeah. So I kind of had tuned that one out oh, a little yeah. bit. There and were then, fans leaving, <laughs> and then I saw a tweet here or there, and then uh, my sister-in-law who was following that game, and I said, "What's the score?" And then you texted me, and I was like, "Oh." But that uh, it kind of flipped really. Uh, Daniel Jackson took care of that for me. Oh my gosh! Well, and there, there's so many weapons <laughs> right on the team. So many good players to try to avoid kicking it to. Um, so yeah, so Mill Valley tied it up with 41 seconds left. They went for a two point conversion, and it was great. the The quarterback <laughs> was yelling at the sideline for the play as the play clock's running down. They snap it to the running back. The running back runs to the right side, flips it back to the wide receiver. Wide receiver's left handed, so he's going to it to his left, and he turns and finds a wide open quarterback in the end zone oh, to throw. Oh, they had that one. They've been working on that one for a it while. It was a gr- it was a great play. <laughs> Everybody was going nuts, and and then like 30 seconds later, uh, the kickoff happened, and it was over. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Jackson ran it, but they squibbed it. Well, um, but. Uh, 
but uh, it went right to him, and it bounced perfectly to him. And uh, you, there's video of the the people in the stands at Miege saying, "Get down, get down," because they still had thirty oh, yeah. some seconds left, and they they can move the ball obviously in a lot of ways. And then after a while, I was like, "No, don't go down. Just go <laughs> score a touchdown." That's what he did. <laughs> well, another game, and we were before we got, I forgot about this game. Uh, Lawrence and Gardner Edgerton. Yeah, Lawrence scores a touchdown. A, a, Devin Neal scores a touchdown, an 80-yard touchdown run with about three and a half, four minutes left. So there's still a chunk of the fourth quarter left. They they trade punts. Gardner gets it back. They're down a point. They drive to the to the 33-ish um, with about 16 seconds left. They line up for a field goal with 11 seconds left. And I encourage everyone to go <laughs> to Preps KC on our podcast, the Call of the Week in our Five from Friday uh, feature. It's just on our podcast. You'll see Call of the Week. Um, the Ryan Raglan, who – and I'm, I'm not uh, – the the call is so great because it's like they lost the seventh game of the World Series yes. or something. Yeah. I mean, he just he just loses it and melts down. <laughs> Kid kicked it fifty yards, but it went to the left and and just the emotion. And it's I mean, I've listened to it probably fifteen twenty times since Saturday when I when mm-hmm. I saw that on the webcast. And and it's uh it's a it's a great testament of the emotion of high school football and how adults can get wrapped up in it, even if they're just doing play by play for yeah. the local webcast uh, yeah. or the radio broadcast. Uh, and so that's a great win for Lawrence. Uh, you know, it's a great win. We talked about Lawrence, you know, being like a Gardner Edgerton maybe a, a year away, but that's a huge win for them. And, and I know you think Gardner, the coach knows what he's doing, maybe yeah, a little bit. That yeah. rampy guy. I, yeah. I know there's a couple rampies out there. There are in the Sunflower League. Yeah. So uh, I think that uh, they're definitely a team that's 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 getting better and and made a big statement there. And Gardner Gardner's still a very good team, and I, and I like them a lot. They are battling some injuries right now, and I think that their coach told us going in that he you know he knew that this is a, a for real yeah. Lawrence team, and they're ready to go. So those were those were two of the best games. And then on the Missouri side, you were out there on Saturday. Uh, I was for part of it. It's <laughs> funny. I got lucky for once. I got lucky the weather. Usually, it's the exact opposite. I got there out there for the first quarter of the Center Van Horn game, which they were playing at William Christman. Yes. So I shot that. I got enough highlights. Literally, as I'm walking off the field, they go into a lightning delay. It hadn't started raining yet. I get in my car. I start making the drive from Independence down to University Academy. Yeah. About two minutes into my drive, it just starts pouring on me, just <laughs> unloading. And the whole drive to University Academy, I'm like, I don't know if they will ever have sports again. This is the apocalypse. <laughs> this is the end, right? And I pull up into the parking lot, and all of a sudden, it just goes away. They were already in their lightning delay, and about 10 minutes later, um, or their weather delay, about 10 minutes later, they resumed uh, their game, I think, at the the end of the first quarter yeah. as well. So I was able to get a lot of their action leading up into halftime. Uh, it was uh, Sweet Springs yeah, and Sweet University Springs. Academy. Yeah, University Academy's down a little bit this yeah. year, but Sweet Springs, and we talk about you know the preps Casey coverage. Are areas. they in our Yeah, they're, they're in my coverage. Yeah, they're Sweet Springs about halfway to Columbia, a little bit more. Who, uh, what towns feed that? That was my first time. Well, Sweet Springs, the suite. town. It's just that one town. There's yeah, there's a, there's a, it. obviously you didn't go to the University of Missouri. You know all those little towns. Well, I listen, said. I know Concordia very well. <laughs> yeah, well. Concordia is a good stop. I've been There's, to Street Fair and the beer gardens at Concordia several uh, times. The McDonald's at Concordia is a, always a highlight. I know that. I know and, Emma uh, over there. Yes, yes. Uh, but I never Sweet. covered a Sweet Springs. There's event. not much in Sweet Springs. I think they got a Sonic a few years back. Not not when I was in college. That's hey. for sure. That's why I never really stopped there. But yeah, yeah. But they that's a that's a program that had, that had struggled for a long time, and they're I think three and one or four and zero oh after beating University Academy. Yeah. But the center game, uh, Chris Ferrer, their their tailback who's over seven hundred, almost eight hundred yards now. Uh, I don't think he was tackled when I was there. Uh, I saw three, him score three touchdowns. Three eighty-seven, I think, against Jeez. against Van Horn and had but three good touchdowns. For the Falcons and, and making that a game. When I left, I thought it was going to be fifty to nothing final score. Uh, you know, in favor and of Center. Uh, you, you never know when the, when teams going to a break, especially when one team's dominating another. Um, how they're going to come out of it and. And I talked to Brian DeLong, the center coach, and he said he said there was two things. They didn't come out of the break very well. And Van Horn really 
did some adjustments and they've mm-hmm. got it's a good team and they've got good players and uh the, he said they really played well after that and it was basically it was about they played one play into the second quarter mm-hmm. i think basically yep. and it was 20 to 6 at that point yep. but no it's a, that's a good test for both those teams and and uh, you know center's got uh Bolivar this week which is 4-0 um, they're a really good team. We've, we've got Springfield stations asking if we're going to go shoot that game. Um, so they're high on. Bolivar yeah, and, down and there. we'll see. The, one of the guys who does the voting from down in Springfield said, "I'm going to put them at number ten in Class Four. And there's a lot of teams that are kind of in that mix at, the, at ten in Class Four. Yeah. And I said, "Well, they're four and oh, They're legit." And he goes, "No, he goes. I'm kind of wanting to see them play center, so I have yeah. an idea of, yeah. of what they are. But that's a you know center. That's two four and teams playing in can in, in the city uh, this week. You've got Lincoln Prepping and." Uh, Pembroke Hill, both, both yeah. of them four and two, and uh, talk with Sam Kanopka if they were going to move that game up. It's homecoming at, at Pembroke Hill, he said, but uh, they'd have to change some flights, you know, like the personalized jets that come in. And... <laughs> <laughs> at Pembroke Hill, I believe that. He goes, yeah, he goes, he goes, we're I not moving that. it. He goes, we, we stay on schedule. We, yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, you got to be careful. You got that rain. grass field, and you know, oh, it's true. The little high heels will sink. That right does factor in. into it as well. Yeah, you know, who has grass and who has who has turf. Yeah. Yeah, and in fact, uh, we and I to tell you everybody I talked to you on the for our show, the, our radio show this week, Tong and Oxy, they got a new turf field, and he said they play. He goes, you know, it's nice. We get a lot of use out of it, and we appreciate it. And he goes, and he goes, it couldn't come, you know, after a year that we played. He goes, we played three mud games, not rain games, just in pure mud, mud just in pure mud, and and those, you know. Those are fun. I've been on the sidelines for plenty of those and, and seen them, but at the same time, dry track is always good. Yeah. All right, so you have a new article out on PrepsKC.com. It is the 2019 stats leaders yep. through three games in Kansas and four games in Missouri. Let's start with some of these here. Uh, you know, Arlen Bruce living up to the hype yeah, so you know, far and in the North. And they've kind of, after week one, they've moved him more to the tailback, and, and they brought in a quarterback and. And they're doing a little bit more than what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to be old school or Lathan North and just snap it to him and let him run and, and that kind of thing, which is good because that's going to help him be healthy as the season mm-hmm. goes on. Um, so, yeah, he's off to a great start. And, um, you know, uh, Tank Young, you know, he, he didn't even – they barely – you know, uh, they barely threw the ball their first week, or they barely ran the yeah. ball their first week. Blake Anderson, their outstanding quarterback, first-year starter for St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, has come in, and he's a Nebraska commit for baseball. Really? And and the Blue Valley coach, Alan Terrell, was telling me, he's like, oh, no, that guy. He goes, we said, okay, throw it over at the top. And he goes, and that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, they, he goes, that kid can flat-out throw it. And that opens up what they want to do. Now, there's going to be some games where they only throw the ball four times, and Tank Young's going to carry 20 for 200. Well, he's only through three games, only has 33 carries. He's fourth in the in, in Kansas on this side in, in rushing, but he leads by far an average per, oh, t- yeah, per yeah. carry, 13.3 yards per carry. Yeah, so he's he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Arlen Bruce, of course, on the Kansas side is, is another. Bryson Cobbins looks really good. Yeah, the, the, the Tonganoxy kid. Um, Cooper Cunningham. Cooper Cunningham's off to a good start. So, you know, you see, it's kind of funny. You, you see a lot of smaller school names in the rushing categories a lot of mm-hmm. times, and then you get to the bigger schools, yep. and that's where the receivers and the quarterbacks are. Yep, that's it. Uh, over on the Kansas side, too, passing uh, Ty Black from Cheyenne Northwest. I believe it's the coach's son, correct? Coach's son, and, and that's a guy who's got over 300 yards rushing, too. I mean, he's You're close, he's close wow. to almost 100 yards a game in rushing. Um, he had 160 in the last game wow. they played. He's a, he's a dual-threat guy. They're a fun team. Uh, that's a team, and they're loaded with juniors and sophomores. Uh, only have one or two seniors on their defense. They graduated mm-hmm. a ton of players on their defense, and their defense is young. But they, they're, they're platooning, and so none of those guys are going both ways. And uh, that's a team to really keep an eye on this year and definitely in the next year. 
absolutely. And uh, leading the way on the uh, Kansas side, Chase Torkelson out of Baser with yep. 874 yards and seven touchdowns through three games. That is a pretty good clip right there. They Almost are, 300 they, yards per game. Yeah, they've been behind a little. <laughs> and so they've yeah, been, it helps. They, yeah. You know, it's fun. that's one of those teams that, that when Rod Stahlbomber got there, they were a run-heavy team, and that's what they had, and those are the kind of players. And in the last few years, They've had more guys who could throw the ball, and, mm-hmm. and they've done well there. They're, this is they're they're at one and two. It's kind of their worst start since Stallbomber yeah. got there. Um, but he, you know, that's that's he's one of those guys. It's you know, he's going to look and see what he's got and figure out what they can do, and and does a good job. But that's a they're in that conference, the, the UKC, that's really competitive this year. Yeah. Outside of Desoto, Desoto's injuring people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a seventy-one to nothing over Turner. I felt bad for Coach Parks over there at Turner. Wow. <laughs> That's, I mean, I know Coach King isn't running up the score. That's yeah. just one of those got away. Yeah. Uh, Receiving-wise, we've got uh, uh, obviously a lot of the quarterbacks are going to have receivers have <laughs> big days, but um, Bishop is the combination of Daniel Jackson and Philippe Wesley. I don't can that I don't think that can be beat in the city. No, I think I think they're they're pretty good. That's I mean that's a that's a good crew for them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, Ty Lindemann leading the way with nineteen point yeah. nine yards per catch. Yeah, he's, at Shawnee Mission Northwest. He's a he's a dangerous weapon, and I've only seen him on on a webcast. And and Coach Wamsgons told me that he's just a special player. I mean, you know. Ty Black is definitely the guy. You know, he's the quarterback who makes things happen. But having Lindemann is a huge yeah. bonus for him. Uh, absolutely. And you, uh, you, you talked about from center Chris Ferrer. Is that how yeah, you say Ferrer, his last name? Yeah. He leads the way on the Missouri side in rushing at 195 yards per game, 11 uh, and, touchdowns, 12 yards well, per. Let's carry. put it this way: He went 40 in his first game, like 48 in his first game, really, and then about 85 in his second game. And then he's just—I think they've just kind of—they were figuring out what they had. Wow! And now they're feeding. Now they're feeding him, and he's and he's pretty special. And and Coach DeLong said he's really a, you know, a different, a fun guy to coach. And he's had some pretty good, pretty good backs there the last few years. So Absolutely. They they tend to they tend to churn out some pretty good tailbacks. A lot of, a lot of smaller schools in the rushing side on the Missouri side. You have Center leading the way, a kid from Excelsior Springs. Yeah. You know Harrisonville running the ball. Carney kid, uh, always going to be up there. And Tyler Paul from Lathrop. 15.5 yards per carry yeah. for a late throw. He's only got the ball 37 times. Maybe give it to him a little bit more. Well, he's probably on the bench a lot in the second half. They're, that, they're that, killing people. That's the whole deal. <laughs> Same with Aquinas. They've, they've, they've been routing dudes, and Tank Young's been sitting most of those second halves. All right, passing. Uh, Platte County, they're always going to have a quarterback, <laughs> right, that just leads the world in yards. Yeah, they, they definitely – uh, they know how to do it, and and they've this kid's a junior, so they'll have him for two years. Chris Runky, Runky, yeah, yeah, that's how you say it. And and it's the they do they do such a good job of coaching the passing game, and you know I don't know if this is really one of their their best teams they've had even in the last three or four years, mm-hmm. um, but they're in a good position. Their district is kind of wide open. Smithville and themselves and Carney and Excelsior are all right there. Van Horns in that district as well, uh, and then the other district has Green Valley. Harrisonville's down. Warrensburg's not bad, but when they flip out, when they come out of that quarterfinal, when District Seven and Eight play each other, mm-hmm. the winner of that is matched up with, let's just say, not the best two districts in the right. state. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you win the quarterfinal, let's pack your bags for Columbia, yeah. you know. Uh, but that's that's one of those things, you know. Platte County goes and loses to Webb City two years ago in the semifinals, and probably was good enough to win a state championship, depending on the matchup in the in the finals. Uh, and this team would would beat that team would beat this team up and down the field. Yeah. But this team may have a shot to go to the state championship yeah. game. Guy you'd mentioned before in a Simone talk, Jake Van Dyne out of uh, Liberty North. Yeah, just a consistent guy. Yeah. Just, I mean, you know, just putting up solid numbers every single week, and he really just triggers what they do. And and you know, Liberty North playing good defense, and 
Um, just looking a lot like a Greg Jones team looks. They play good special teams. They play good defense. They're smart on offense. They can run the ball. They can throw it. They're balanced when they need to be. And and Van Dyne's really as a senior quarterback. That's 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 one of those great things. If you got a good senior quarterback mm-hmm. and 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 can really lead your team, it, it just gives you. It's I don't want to say it's worth one more win. But if you've got a guy who's played two or three years, it, it could be worth one or two more wins. Yeah, just maybe every more year. than that. Absolutely. Just because it, get, getting people in, you know, you're always got new kids in there, getting people in the right spots, making sure that the right, you know, when the play's called, the kids know where they need to, be, need to be and that kind of stuff. And, you know, some people aren't good at that no matter if they've started for three years. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, but some kids are really good at that and have that kind of coach mentality. And, and that, that's a guy who's really just kind of stepped forward his senior year. He's been getting better every year and it's really showing. And on the Missouri side, receiving wise, who's, who's stood out uh, to you from those stat leaders? Well, um, Ramon Shelton from Staley's having a great year. Um, they're really throwing Dawson Parks. Their, their quarterback has played well. And of course, Gage Warren, those two guys played each other last week. Uh, Warren from uh, Suchinik is the quarterback from uh, Park Hill South. Well said, yeah. Good, yeah, good. And, yeah, I had to get through there. But then, you know, you've got Luke Grimm from Ray Peck's really good. Uh, Jalen Noel is a guy who's a huge, a big play guy and can burn up and down the field. And that's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Yeah. And, and the, you know, those are kind of your top dogs. Yeah. And, and But there's a lot of good receivers out there. Platte County has got a couple they always do. So. Chocker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, let's look ahead to this week. Uh, we've got. Uh, Number of good games once again. When will they be played? We're not exactly sure on that. Yeah, at uh, some point, Thursday, Friday, early Friday, late Friday, Saturday. Who who knows? But let's talk about the matchups here. Uh, I'll, I'll begin with Rockers and Blue Valley. I don't know how great of a game that's going to be, but I just love the interstate matchups. And I know um, you know Rockers is literally a stone's throw away from Kansas, but it's a Kansas <laughs> v Missouri matchup. And I always like to get a good gauge of like. Maybe, you know, who's got the best best football that year? How much better is one side than, than the other? And I think we we get those in the handful of games we see from Kansas and Missouri. Well, last year it was forty two to seven Rockhurst, and, and there's a lot of different players off of that off of both of those teams. Uh, new starting quarterback Jake Wolf at Blue Valley, new, you know, uh, starting tailback at, at Blue Valley, and, and they've got some different players off the team. And and I think I think Blue Valley is better suited um, in a better position this year than they were last year. Last year they were really banged up coming in this game. Um, Rockers offensively isn't a juggernaut, but they know what they want to do. They want to run the ball and then and then mm-hmm. throw over the top. And and Blue Valley is he said you know he, that they're they're playing pretty well since <laughs> since the Aquinas game. They've done a pretty good job in their defensive backfield. They're going to be tested with those uh, those play action passes. The big th- the big test is going to be Blue Valley's offense and their ability to move yeah. the ball against the Rockers defense. It's really really fantastic, and they're big and their linebackers play really well, and their defensive backs are are very. I mean, that's one of the parts of that Rockers program that I don't know if anybody – if you don't pay attention to it, and I'm not saying you should go spend time watching mm. film on Rockers D-backs. Rockers D-backs are some of the best well-coached, mm. well-schemed defensive backs. In, in fact, it won them a state championship in 2010 on their defensive back play. Mm. Um, and and so they're – and you know uh, th- that's just a part of their game that they take pride in. And, and you see it. You, you talk about Platte County and their passing game. Certain certain coaching staff, sure. there's certain areas that they excell in, and that's one of them. And um, was seven? He wasn't a defensive no, back, right? He's a defensive lineman. Assistant coach right? Berg, uh, whose son played at uh, Northwest, um, was a defensive back for them, and he played at Northwest on a national championship team. Uh, it, he Berg has coach Berg has has coached that position group for yeah. a long time, and it's it's one of those things. And and you know, it's finding the right kids. You know, d- d- the toughest the toughest thing to play well in high school football, in my mind, is defensive back. Because it's a difficult position at every level, and to understand, 
what you have to do on the high school level, even especially now that teams throw a lot more, it's it's so easy to have a kid who's very athletically talented, very smart, not look good. Because especially when you're watching pros who are making millions of dollars yeah. get made look bad, yeah, uh, you know th- that's going to happen on the high school level. Because then you t- and you factor in the confidence things that go along with it, and you know the level of toughness you have to play to, to play in that position is yeah. is is one of those things I think is highly written. And I think it's when you it's one of those things that when you see good defensive backfield play in high school, mm-hmm. it's st- it, it stands yeah. out. Yeah, it does. Um, another game, Lee Summit West and Staley. That'll never not be a good game, right? This is this one at Staley. This is at Staley. Okay. It's Thursday night. Um, this is a this is a test for Lee Summit West. The last time they played a really good defense like Park Hill, they got beat up a little bit. And Staley's defense is playing really well now. They gave up some more points last week than they had to Park Hill South, and I th- that says a lot about Park Hill South. They gave up twenty one when they've been giving up about uh, seven, with the exception of of Carney, who got uh, I think a defensive touchdown in their game when they scored nineteen. Offensively, I mean, their defense has not given up. They were given about a, a score a game, and they gave up 21 last week to Park Hill South. So this is going to be a test of, of the offensive line of Lee Summit West and how they handle the front seven of Staley. And defensively for Lee Summit West, Staley, you know, they're not running the ball like they have. They've got three or four different guys, and they use them in three or four different ways. They kind of each yeah. have their own little thing they do. But Dawson Parks and Ramon Shelton, the rest of that offense, they can flat out chuck it, and they're getting down the field and getting a lot of yards. So it's it's a it's a matchup that – Lee Summit West is probably for the first time in a while yeah. coming in as the as a as a marked underdog in this game. Yep, uh, smaller school matchup: Lincoln Prep and Pym Hill. Are we both class three in this one. Okay. Lincoln Prep's class four. Class four and Pym Hill's class three. Yeah. Both four no teams though. Yeah, and it's turning. And that's into, the homecoming you mentioned. Yeah, for homecoming Pembroke. for for Pembroke. And uh, this is one of those games that Lincoln Prep is looking at, saying we've won games in our in our league. We've gone over and played KCK teams and we've yeah. beaten them. We've got to step outside of our league and beat a quality program. Pembroke Hills, that, and it's it's uh, it has turned into in the last fifteen years kind of a, a city rivalry. They're not that far from each other, um, you know, and, and they play each other every year. And and it's it's gone back and forth. There's been some years that Lincoln Prep has won this game, and but Pembroke Hill, the last few years they've been up, they've won this game, and um, they're off to you know they were undefeated in the regular season last year, and they're undefeated right now. And so this is a this is a big test for Lincoln Prep. I, you know, I, I've got Lincoln Prep as the favorite coming into this game. Yeah, like, I had him as his favorite last year after talking to Sam Kanopic, and he talked me into the fact that Lincoln Prep was really good, and so I picked Lincoln Prep, and then. Pembroke Hill beat him by two or three touchdowns. So I, I told him this time, I was like, I don't know right. if I want to listen to you because you talked me into the other way last time. And and he goes, well, we came out and played well. Yeah, <laughs> so, so. But I think Lincoln, I mean, Lincoln preps, they're deep and they're good. Howard Brown, they're, they're 260-pound quarterback slash defensive lineman. Jeez. And he runs the ball, and he and he throws the ball. I I was out of practice, and I saw him some last year. Went out of practice to start the season, and he he throws a beautiful football. And and when I was talking to Coach Kanopic, he's like, he goes, you wouldn't think a kid that looks like that can throw the ball like yeah. that. And he goes one, and he goes, I'd almost rather have him throw it because when he gets ahead of steam, I don't I don't know if we can tackle him yeah. <laughs> when he's yeah. running it. But he throws a great football, and their offensive line play is, is much improved this year. So Lincoln Prep is a team that's that's trying to break out of that inner city yeah. you know thing and they, and they're you know they've got the numbers they've got a good coaching staff they've got good players um there's good enthusiasm around their their program they're getting ready to launch their home field they'll have blue turf next week is the that's cool next week is the opening of that the chiefs are putting uh, some sort yep. of statue out there um i'm assuming we all will be there it's <laughs> some yeah. sort of representation yep. 41 and and press kc will have complete coverage of that and uh it's really you know and it sits on the side of the old municipal stadium so i mean there those are kids are going to get to play with the chiefs played and, and the royals played and the kansas city a's played and 
it's a neat deal. So I think you're seeing if there's, you know, they're, they're getting better on both sides of the state line on the inner city schools. It, this is a the Lincoln Prep is the first one that looks like maybe yeah. they can take that step forward. Awesome. Any final thoughts here on Snap Tackle Pod? Oh, well, you know, we'll see what the weather does. And oh, man. We'll keep an eye on that and stay, you know, best, best way, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, uh, at Preps KC, we'll get all that information out to you. Yeah, we'll try to have that uh, updated too on the website at Forty uh, One Action News KSHB We'll try to keep you up to date on all the games when they're being played, if they're being moved, if they're staying the same, all that stuff. Dion, thanks so much, man. Hey, it's always fun. All right, thanks so much to you as well for listening to Snap Tackle Pod.